I know it's Tuesdays of Todd. I am a little fired up. I'm going to try to sort of, um, I was on a flight, uh, uh, the other day coming home and, um, the flight attendant was walking down the aisle and she stopped and she asked me if I was a real estate agent. Um, but by the way, side note, uh, if you are not wearing your brand everywhere, like you're not wearing your logoed shirt and your logoed hat and your logoed mask in this case, uh, if it's not on your car, if it's not everywhere, um, you're, you are missing out on business. But side note only, I was wearing the mask, obviously. And she said, oh, hey, are you with Coldwell Banker? Are you a real estate agent? I said, yes. And um, she she explained to me that she this she'd been in the business for a year. And she she asked me, you know, is there any words of wisdom that you can give a, a new agent? And, you know, always flattered, right? Like, that's nice. Uh, sure. So I started asking her questions, as you all can imagine. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like, how many phone calls are you making? And, and you know, how many doors are you knocking on? And what are you doing in the community? And, and it, it was exactly what you probably suspect. I don't know why it still sort of shocks me when I get these limiting answers. Well, you know, I, I don't really know that many people there, so I don't I don't make the phone calls that I probably should. And well, I'm new to town, so I'm not really part of any organizations. And oh no, no, I can't possibly knock on doors because uh, you know, well, it's COVID and it's hot outside. And like, you know, it was all the same kind of stuff. And and so I asked her, I said, you know, are you you're aware that only 13% of the agents make it, right? Like of, of the licensees, you're aware that 87% fail. Uh, and she said, yeah, I, I get it. I said, are, are you aware that of the 13% that make it, that the, the average income is about $43,000? And she said, yeah. And I'm like, well, like, is that, is that what you want? Like, do you want to be average? Do you want to, do you want to be average, meaning I'm in the 87% or do you want to be average of the 13% that actually make it? And, you know, and of course she said, no, I, I, I want more. And, and it just kind of got me thinking, and we see this a lot. We've talked about this just in the, in the market. We have this tendency sometimes to say, hey, you know, and, and it's really prevalent right now, right? Because the market is in fuego. Um, and it's really, really easy to look at your numbers and go, hey, uh, year over year, my numbers are up 30%. And, and sort of turn a blind eye to the fact that the market is up 40%, right? That, that, the, that the rising tide is actually in a greater amount than what you are currently. And, and we, and we sort of lull ourselves to sleep. And I, and I see this happen in, in all, whether it be my personal life or my professional life and, and being able to lean in and understand that, Hey, listen, there are things that I absolutely need to do more of or less of, or start doing or stop doing whatever it is, right? We have to do better. But, but the question is, why is it? that it's such a struggle and it's not just you it's not just me it's it's everybody we all deal with the same thing and i have an answer for you and that's tuesdays with todd right the answer is it's the pain we we literally will avoid pain at all costs we, it, it's just more pleasurable to sort of sit back and uh, and, and avoid the short-term pain because we don't want to be in the discomfort we, we ultimately, we call it procrastination, right? We want to live in the, hey, 30% up instead of, oh, hey, the market's up 40%. I need to do more calls. I need to knock on more doors. I need to do these things. The problem is this. You can pay now or you can pay later. But if you pay later, 
it's going to be more expensive. I, I want you to let that sink in for a second. You can pay now or pay later, but later is more expensive. I want to share with you a story. Um, he was 43 years old. He stood six foot six, 240 pounds. He was a strong man. He had hands the size of dinner plates. He had been suffering from headaches. And as the, as the pain got worse, he became nauseous. And, and, and one night, the pain was so bad that he began to vomit. He, he was rushed to the emergency room. When we got to the emergency room, they ran some tests and they identified that he had a baseball-sized tumor in the front right portion of his brain. Obviously, the doctors kind of went crazy and they all came together and physicians and surgeons, they all came together and they came up with a plan. Well, it was cancer and it, it was going to require surgery. So in the ensuing days, they did the surgery and they were successful in remo removing the tumor, thank God. But now they had to figure out where the cancer had come from. So they ran a bunch of tests and they found that he was in stage four lung cancer. That meant another surgery. Uh, and they went in and they took two thirds of his right lung. And while they were in there, they found out that the cancer had spread. It had weaved its way through his neck and throat and in between the main arteries, which made the surgery inoperable. Well, as you can imagine, at this point, he was willing to do anything to fight the cancer, to survive. So he quit smoking, <clears throat> which he had been unsuccessful at doing for 25 years or so. He did radiation, he did chemotherapy, he even did some really expensive experimentals in, uh, in Europe. Uh, <clears throat> it's been a long time and it's still emotional. On September, on, on September 4th, 1986, weighing 120 pounds. At the age of 44 years old, Philip Laurel Conklin died in the arms of his son. He had an opportunity to pay a price and to deal with the pain of quitting smoking for years and years and years. He knew that smoking would ultimately kill him. His mother had died of smoking. What he chose was the pleasure that he got from the smoking that happened instead of the pain of quitting. The pain that he experienced later was far greater than the pain he would have experienced quitting the smoking. This is what I mean when I say you can pay now or you can pay later, but if you pay later, it's gonna be more expensive. It's gonna be more painful. Certainly the physical and emotional and, and financial pain that he experienced and his family experienced were far in excess of what he would have gone through had he just done the hard thing back then. So 
I see us do this in our lives. And I guess what I would ask each and every one of you to do is to get real with yourself. Look at the pain that you're avoiding today and ask yourself the question, am I avoiding short-term pain and kicking it down the road and have to deal with the long-term pain? Or is this something that I can tackle now? We've got to get in touch with what this means long-term. And if you don't have a story for your own, of your own to remind you of the importance of doing the hard thing now, then borrow mine. Borrow mine. But either way, we've got to take action now. Either way, you've got to remember, you can tackle the pain now or you can deal with it later. But if you deal with it later, it's going to be more painful. As always, be distinctive.